This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here, welcoming you aboard. Welcome to you too, Franklin. What a gorgeous day out there already, huh? Blue sky with a full moon. Oh, I I was just, as we were going to air, (laughs) did you see the moon this morning on the way in? Absolutely spectacular. Huge, beautiful. Like a harvest moon. Yeah, yeah, it was (laughs) just absolutely wonderful. But leading the way toward what I think is going to be just a terrific weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm, we deserve it, don't we? Spring is in the air. You've got it. Okay, i got a number of things we want to cover off in just a couple of moments. Words about Charlie's feral cat, mm. mister. We're going to talk a little bit about him. But first, uh, let's let's get to the uh, phone numbers here, yes, what indeed. you have to know to uh, get your question or comment. Either mm-hmm. way, that's great. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, call 866-740-4740. And that's 1-866-740-4740. Uh, please remember our little mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, we love first-time callers. Let, we love all yeah, callers. We do. Well, of course. But um, first-timers, we love to do, give a very big welcome <laughs> to. right. And Sebastian uh, anxiously looks at the phone line. And if, if he, <laughs> you, you're our first time, let Sebastian know. He'll let me know. And when you get to the air... There you go. You get your garden wings. wings. Yeah. All righty. Okay, what do you got going? Well, remember the Ageless Gardens uh, documentaries are still running. There's five episodes. Oh, right. So yeah. coming up this Monday, mm-hmm. uh, there will be another um, episode. Oh, I'm just, I love the way I get all confused about which one. It's the fourth one coming up. <laughs> 9 p.m. Monday, Vision TV. Um Excellent documentaries, really mm-hmm. produced very nicely. So great stories told, you know, from the heart by real gardeners yep. all across Canada. Uh, so very, very local. And, and very, you, you have started in one of those episodes. I have started in one of those episodes. Yes, Has I have. Has that aired? Uh, that's the one this Monday. Oh, well, gee, let's make it. Make it an very event. Very clear, yeah. Now, you, people are having Oscar parties. I well, mean, hello, yeah. ageless garden parties. <laughs> let's go. We're getting lost in the weeds here. Come on. <laughs> I want everybody you. to get out their wings and popcorn yeah. and sit down at 9 p.m. <laughs> Good. Vision TV. Uh, okay, the Oakville Horticultural Society is having a general meeting on Monday, March 12th at the Knox Presbyterian Church, 89 Dunn Street in Oakville, 7.30 to 9 p.m. Speaker Kat Granger on Our Seeds and Us, a story of co-evolution. And it, of course, stresses heirloom seeds. Non-members are a mere $5. Of course, 
members are free, and I think you can probably join the Hort Society for about $5. So go to this one and pay the 5 bucks, and mm-hmm. you're in for a year, and hear some great speakers, make great friends. Hort well Societies have worth, a lot of fun. Well worth the investment, huh? Absolutely. Uh, the As well, of course, same day, Monday, oh. March 12th, the Agent Court Garden Club is meeting at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland, at Shepherd in Toronto. The guest speaker at that event is Veronica Callanan. She's a master gardener who will teach everyone about low-maintenance gardening. Uh, there's a seed exchange, uh, so people who have extra seeds will bring them to share with everyone. Lots of laughter, great desserts, coffee, tea, etc., all for the pocket change that you're carrying on you. And I have, if I have a minute to just... Yeah, yeah. This is very exciting. You know how we talk about amaryllis quite often yes. on the show? People call in and... Yeah, one call engenders another. It yeah, seems. they want yeah. to tell us, you know, ask questions, or yeah. tell us how gorgeous their amaryllis was. And I'm always giving all this advice about how to get them to rebloom. And I, last week, again, admitted I've never once, ever, <laughs> been successful, despite all this advice I give everybody. Um but you know what? I went home last Saturday and I was fiddling around with my plants. And lo and behold, I have three, count them, three pots of last year's amaryllis currently shooting up flower stems. All I, right. All right. There you go. Hallelujah. The crowd. <laughs> She's doing the cheer. <laughs> I'm telling you. Good shot. I, yeah. The first time ever, and that is not the first time I've tried. So, Isn't that neat, though? All three of them are shooting up. And of course, we're a little bit past Christmas, but who cares when yeah, they yeah, bloom? Yeah. The main thing is three bulbs are going to bloom. And, of course, leaves did emerge first, which kind of surprised me. I thought flowers would always emerge first. So now I've learned that. Boy, see, Good. always something to learn. Absolutely. Huh? Even, if you're, even if you're Charlie Dobbin. <laughs> Now, we're going to, well, we've got actually a caller waiting online, so let's uh, take a little break here, come back, and along with the callers, we're going to hear the story of Mr., that's the feral cat that Mm -hmm. knocks on uh, Charlie's door and (laughs) gets entrance to the house, and, and, well, it's quite a story. Anyway, (laughs) back with more of that in just a couple of moments here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. So, Charlie, we're going to the phone lines, and as luck would have it, our first caller is a first-time caller. Just a second. Hey, Roseanne in Toronto, that's for you. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Morning. Uh, This is going to sound very strange. I do not have a green thumb. Everything I touch dies. Oh, people say that all the time, but that's not true. Go ahead. I'm listening. My (laughs) grandchildren in England sent me a cypress Christmas tree at Christmas time. You know the tree that the Grinch had? Yeah, so it's the the little in a pot. It's a little one, yeah, Yeah. in a pot. I'm wondering, what's the best way to look after that? When you got that little little plant delivered to you, did it have a tag in it? No. Oh, because usually they do. Typically, okay, so bright sun or, or at least a bright spot. It doesn't have to be right in the window, but it does want sunshine. Biggest challenge I find with those is that they want to be kept fairly moist. So you do have to check the surface of the soil every single day. Every day. Just okay. feel it with your fingers. And when it starts to feel on the dry side, now it's, so you don't want to water it every day, but right. you just want to make sure that it never truly dries out. I find that if they go completely, you know, you forget for a couple of days right. and then it get the it, you forget and the soil dries out quickly in a sunny spot in your home. The next day all the little what was beautiful green and soft is now green and crispy. 
So it looks alive, but it's not. Once it gets crispy, it's you know hard and sharp, and it's dead. But they'll kind of hang on and look like they're alive for a while. So it's a really that's the biggest challenge: is keep them watered, not soaking wet, but just continue to check every day. How does it water. look right now, Roseanne? Is it? Um, well, it's in the shape of the Grinch's tree. There's a uh, Christmas ornament on it. I didn't take it off. Yeah, you could. Um, yeah, it's the one where it but droops when I over. Touch it, it does feel dry. Does it? How, okay. Well, that so that's the challenge. Is um so how, when was the last time you watered it? Uh, two days ago. Oh, okay. Um, can you can you put uh, plant food in with these? You can, but remember, any plant wants to be fed when it's actively growing. So, do you has it changed its size at all? Have you seen any growth no, on it since Christmas? No, it's still pretty much the same. Yeah, and do you have it in some sunshine? Is it getting in bright spot? Uh, it's getting some. It's not very bright because I had it on the dining room table, and that gets some light, but I didn't put it in the window. Now I have it in the kitchen okay. on the counter by the window. Oh, okay. Which is probably better because a little closer to a window is a little brighter. Um, so you'll know whether you've succeeded or not because the soil will either dry out because the plant is using that water. that you wa- When you water, you water thoroughly. Enough water that it drains right through the... There's holes in the bottom of the pot. So is it in, it's probably in some little fancy foil wrapper at the bottom. It, it's got. It's in a glass container, oh, yeah. and it's oh, got like a Christmas stocking around it. Right. So that wouldn't have air holes, or at least no, a drainage holes. No, I don't holes. think there's any air holes in this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, best case scenario, you would transplant out of that gift planter, that, you know, little Christmas stocking planter, into just a plastic pot with drainage holes. And then, with drainage holes. Then once you've got that going on, when you water, you can water thoroughly. You can water so the water comes out the bottom of the pot into, into a saucer below. Let dump that, out the excess. Yeah, let that yeah. sit for 10 or 15 minutes, dump out the excess, and then back into that sunny kitchen counter spot, see if the plant is using that water. <clears throat> and you'll know because, you, you know, it'll get drier and drier and drier, and it'll be time to water in three or four or five days. If it's still wet four or five days later, you'll know the plant is not using the water, and it's probably compost. Okay. Okay. So now your job is to be a second-time <laughs> caller and let us know how, how you're getting along with that. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you can keep it alive. Yeah, and they're really pretty. They're fun. Of course, with the, the Grinch one, too, is very cute. Yeah. So, well, good luck. Let us know how that works out. Thanks, Roseanne, uh, for joining us here on The Garden Show from <coughs> Zuma Radio. Now, we kind of kicked off uh, the show with a little uh, mention Teaser. Uh, of, of your uh, feral cat, right. Mr. So, yes, feral cat who has been in the neighborhood for many years. Yeah. Uh, used to sit outside just meowing at night, very afraid of people, but would sit on the driveway and my daughter would hear this cat just sitting there going, meow, 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 on the driveway at night. And she's like, well, who is that cat talking to? So, of course, she started talking to the cat. Before you know it, this cat was talking to her. And um, we ended up with the cat sort of adopting us and us adopting the cat though it's so it's still a wild feral cat okay. but we have created some connection there is a huge development mm-hmm. in this story and we'll continue with that in just a moment here on Zuma radio fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio now we'll continue with that story about the feral cat 
Mr. in just a couple of moments. I just want to give you the phone numbers and let you know, surprisingly, we've got full lines open right now. Yeah. Wow. Where, where is everybody? They know. must be out in the garden. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> They're sharpening their tools. In Toronto, call this number, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll free, one 866 So uh, I came in to uh, greet Charlie this morning, or she came in to greet me, actually, <laughs> and said that big news. On the uh, the the uh, cat front. Here. Yes, Mr. Kitty, who's the vet told us Mr. Kitty was a stupid name, so we should call him something else. <laughs> so he's been shortened to Mist, and he does move like the Mist. He's so silent. Eh? He's very very smooth. So. Born, obviously, outside in the wild. Yeah. We tried to trap him, but he's way too smart to be trapped. You know, we had the, the have a heart trap where you put some yummy food inside. Yeah, yeah. We caught every cat in the neighborhood. <laughs> and it was very funny because yeah. Mist, our feral cat, would just sit there watching these idiot, you know, cats, cats yeah, get caught. walking into this trap to eat some food, right? Yeah. He was like, oh, I'm not going in there. There is no way. You guys are stupid enough to go in there. And he watched them all get trapped and he would get thrown. Yeah, out, yeah. hoping he would go in. Never happened. So we gave up on that idea. But that was a, a number of years ago. So long story short, slowly he's gotten more used to us. Cold winters, I built him little houses to live in. So that was a good thing. He got through those cold winters. He now has an electrically heated cat house outside, but an electrically heated water bowl. But we really wanted to get him neutered. I mean, this is a cat who fights all the time. He's a tomcat who is, you One know, scrap after another, defines right? yeah. tomcat, trust me. He's always got scratches, his ears, you know, all chewed up. And he's multi-times, we've actually caught him well enough, got him into a little carry box, taken him to the vet with the intention of getting him neutered. And every time we get there, it's like, oh, no, he's got too many raging infections for oh any surgery. Yeah. He's, we got to give him antibiotics and clean him up. So that's, we did that a number of times. Finally, finally, the you know the stars shone on us in the right direction because last Monday we were able to not only get him to the vet, but he was in good health, so he actually had his what the, oh, which is what's actually called an orchiectomy. Oh. Orchiectomy. Well, no. What does that remind you of? <laughs> I don't know. Well, orchids. Oh, right. Are okay. named after. Testicles, ah. and orchiectomy refers to testicle, which testicles, which I believe is Greek for for testicles. And when you neuter a male cat, you you the procedure is called an orchiectomy. Wow! So he had that done. Go. He has been in, stayed the night at the vet that night, Monday night. Came home Tuesday, and it was funny because they were trying to get him into his little carry box mm-hmm. to come home, and he was like, "Don't even touch me, you people!" So they put the box on the floor, and they put him on, like, let him just kind of chill on the floor for yeah. a few minutes. He jumped into the carry box. He was like, "Get me out of here! Uh, this is my right. ticket out of here is yeah, to get yeah. into this box." So he jumped in the box. Sure enough, we took him home, and he hasn't stopped purring once. Since we brought him home, and he has not been outside, and he follows you around. Oh, he's just like, turned into like a. We were trying spot. to think of the term <laughs> yeah. imprinting. You yeah. finally came up with it. Yeah, he's like Velcro. You know, he's the other side of the Velcro. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere I am, he's he's lying on my foot. He's so just always okay. touching. Let me, let me tell you, kind of the, jump to the end story here. It's costing you a fortune, for God's sake. Six hundred bucks, wasn't it? Well, uh, for the orchiectomy, yes. Yeah. And now, of course, he's got you know br- rotten teeth that need to be yeah, pulled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> we're wondering. 
how could we crowdsource this? <laughs> well, you know, my daughter is part of this, and my daughter yeah. is, you know, that millennial generation. And yep. her job, and I've mentioned it to her, and she keeps saying she's going to do it, is set up a, a crowdfunding page yeah. so that we could actually raise money from anybody who'd be willing to give us five bucks towards Ad- the, adopt this well, yeah, mist, support almost. mist uh, fund. And, you yeah. know, he's such a great cat. He's just well, a really, go. really nice personality. Well, so he's a, certainly a, a great cat. And I tell you, his genes, he is such a survivor. He's a... He'd be a, uh, hopefully he did actually impregnate some cats out there because he, he's a good genes, s- very yeah. good genes, yeah. very very strong cat. Well, actually, okay, we'll pick up on that, and as soon as Sydney can arrange the crowdfunding, we'll let yeah, everybody know. Yeah, let everybody know because I think I, it would be great because he really does need to get some teeth pulled, and that's another All thousand right. bucks. Well, it's back to the lines we go right now. Oh, From okay. that story, we'll find out what Ina or Ina, golly, out and find out here yeah. in Toronto. In any case, welcome to the show. Good Hello. morning. Good morning. The name is Ina. Ina. And I have two, actually, two gardenias, little oh, trees. Nice, yeah. And two hibiscus little trees. Uh-huh. Now, I nursed them over the winter. They're doing quite okay. The gardenia is a little bit, one of them gets a little nude. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, and there are touch butts on them as well. Mm. Now, I wonder when I can cut them. Or do I have to cut them before I, I take them out again? The, they uh, are in earth containers, indoors, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. So um, the gardenia, I typically we don't have to do any trimming on those. They are not a fast-growing plant. Uh-huh. And if there's any chance of flower buds being on the plant, the last thing you want to do is cut anything off in the way ah, of flowers okay. on a gardenia. Hibiscus right now... Um, it, they might be budding and blooming now, but because they're such fast-growing plants, we do typically give them a trim at this time, February, March, because we we definitely won't want to trim them August, September, because they will for sure. Oh yeah, they're beautiful then. Yeah, be covered yeah. in buds and blooms then. So yeah. you're gonna your time to trim if you're if you're ever gonna trim a hibiscus now is the time to do it. And most of us should trim our hibiscus because they just grow so fast they need to be controlled. Okay. Uh, so, all right. Uh, That's so, all I need. There you go. And thank you very you. much. And the, the the gardenias, I'm just leaving them the way they are. Yeah. Yeah. And do you mist them often? You keep the humidity high around them. Yes. I, I'm. I, I give them a shower sort of twice a a week. Oh, good. They're doing okay. That's good, yeah. There's some yellow leaves. Well, Mm -hmm. that's understandable. And you know what? The other thing is, consider fertilizer for both those plants, but particularly the gardenia. Now? Yep. Starting now and do it monthly. Yep. Okay. Okay. Very good, Ina. Thanks very much. Thank you for for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. It's Mm. a beautiful day out there. As we welcome Hazel from Mississauga. Hi, Hazel. Good morning. Morning. How's everyone there? Excellent. How are you? Hey, my question is about uh, my indoor philodendron. Mm I have had it for several years. I have both the variegated and the plain ones. Mm -hmm. And my um, older leaves, nice, big, mature leaves, have all died and fallen off. Now, this has happened before, mm. and I just cut it down and started a fresh plant. Mm. So I'm wondering, I guess I have to do that again, but I'm wondering if that is the answer, and what causes that? So you said you've had them for a number of years. Have you ever transplanted or repotted these plants? I have. Uh-huh. When was the last time you did that? 
just the one time when it did happen, mm. I um, I cut it back and started a new plant. Okay. So, and that was how long ago, roughly? Oh, years. Oh, years. Okay. So, you're, so older mature leaves drop, but you have, gr- the tips are green and healthy, and new growth is continuing to grow from the tips. Yes, yes. But okay. all of the mature ones just mm. turned yellow and died. Yeah. So, okay, probably what's going on is, well, two reasons why plants will drop. I mean, the fact that the older leaves have dropped, is not as bad as if the tips were turning black, okay? Because the tips is where the growing happens. So the plant is very alive. But the fact that it would drop all its mature leaves is usually one of a couple of reasons. One is too much water. Is it possible that this plant is being watered too often or, uh, yeah, too often? When you water, you want, want want it to be a thorough watering. So the soil is very well saturated when you water. I but, can tell you there's no chance of that. Okay, because as I say, particularly with a philodendron, you want it to dry out completely. Like you might be watering every week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, depending on the size of the pot and the amount of sun the plant is getting. I water every week, once a week. Okay, if so you water on the calendar rather than on the... See, the thing is in the winter, keep us in mind as well, in the winter, days are shorter, sunlight is further away from Earth, so pl- all plants use less water, all house plants use less water in the winter than in the summer. So if you water on the calendar, you'll end up either underwatering in the summer or overwatering in the winter. The fact that the leaves have dropped now indicates that perhaps this last December, January, February, the plant has been under some stress for whatever reason and has dropped those leaves. Could be too much water. Could be an insect. You could look thoroughly, you know, look closely for something like that. Could be just that the soil is has no nutritional value in it whatsoever, mm-hmm. completely lost, you know, it's been all used up. So fertilizing will often push new growth. But as you point out, it's going to grow at the tip. So you don't have to cut it right down, but certainly cutting the tips off will force out some side shoots on the plant. Oh, so don't get rid of the mother plant? Well, <clears throat> how tall is it? Oh, it's just running all over, all over my house. It's <laughs> twirling. <laughs> One of those that's up the walls and around yeah. the corners and all down the stairs. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> but it's looking leggy and ugly, so yeah. I have to do something. Okay. You mentioned about the soil mm. running out of nutrients. Mm. That could possibly be. Yeah, if it's been that long since you transplanted, honestly, it just depends how far you want to go with this. I mean, to really do it right, you're right. You go cut the whole plant down into the, you know, so that it's a six inches tall or a foot tall. Take what's left, that foot tall root ball, and give it new fresh soil. Even going back into the same pot is fine, but you've got to cut out some roots, scrub the pot, get some fresh soil back into the pot, let it grow again, and you know, start that process again. It'll rejuvenate again. it too. Yeah, well but, and that cutting back will force out new growth. New soil will, will force out new growth. Start the whole process again. So I'd keep the mother plant, but just eliminate all that growth and the ugly vines that have no leaves. And throw out all of the, the new growth? Well, you can keep the tips, right? You can always, the tip cuttings are not not hard to root and start new plants. You can definitely do that. I mean, there's like I said, it depends how far you want to go with it. I know because I did that the last uh, time. I did that. Uh, I started a new plant, and so now I have another one that's beginning to run all over. That's right. Oh, you could start a philodendron nursery gosh, yeah. by the sounds of it, right? Join yeah. your local hort society and 
get out to the plant sale and you'll have lots to add in there. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just depends how, how detailed you want to get. All right? Okay. Sounds Thank like you. It'll be fine. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Good luck with that. Uh, you are listening to The Garden Show on Zuma Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And the phone lines, as we say goodbye there to Hazel, uh, phone lines open 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And Aldina is on the line from Cambridge. Good morning, Aldina. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Right, I've got a call. I hope I don't break into a cough as I'm talking to you. Oh, oh no worries. Anyway, I'm just going to ask you about uh, soil. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had problems with um, potting soils. Mm-hmm. Um, just wondering, what is, what's the problem with it when you water it and it doesn't seem to sink in the water? It just kind of sits at the top. Sometimes I'll water the plant thinking that it's gotten, you know, saturated. Uh-huh. And it turns out that the, it doesn't penetrate through. Okay, so these are obviously plants inside your home in pots. Are you sure that this... I'm talking about the potting soil in particular, inside, outside. Right. Yeah, and no, yeah, I'm having problem, the, the soil does not allow the water to penetrate through. It seems like it sits at the top. Right. So you when... almost have to you know, put, make a hole with your finger in order for the soil to... Right. The water to, to get through. Yeah, so make sure that it is a potting soil because garden soil or topsoil will do exactly as you suggest. It won't drain properly. So make sure it truly is a potting soil that you're working with. Yeah, that is what I buy. I yeah. buy potting soil all okay. the time for my, for my pots. All right, and then it, typically the potting soils that are out there are what we call soilless mixes, and they're peat moss-based. When peat products become dry, they actually... Uh, end up with um, almost a crust on the surface so that it can be difficult to moisten them. Best thing I can suggest with any time that's happening is with your finger or a fork, just move the top surface of the soil around a bit and the water will penetrate better. But it's not because it's hard? Well, it, potting soil shouldn't be hard. If it's a true potting soil, it should be quite fluffy no, no, and light. What I'm saying is when this happens, the, the soil is not, is not hard. Mm-hmm. No, it's fluffy, light, but it's what we call hydrophilic. It's afraid of water. So the water isn't, is, is um, because of that cr- little sort of crusty, um, what basically is, the chemistry that's going on, the water and the peat moss are not coming together. They're, they're being separated and kept separate. So if you move that, that surface around a bit, like you said, with your finger, suddenly the moisture, it'll, it sometimes takes a little while, but it will penetrate through. But don't be afraid to stick those pots right into your bathtub with a couple inches of water in the bathtub. Let that water slowly be absorbed from below uh, into the soil so that, you know, you're not trying to get in from the top. You can be uh, entering the pot through the drainage holes in the bottom. Oh, okay. Okay, I just thought maybe it was bad potting soil because um, it's just frustrating that mm. you think sometimes it's it's well watered and yet... It seems like it's only that top little layer that got the water. Yeah, and that will happen. You're right. It can be very hard to... Once that soil, that soilless mix dries out, it can be very, very slow to actually saturate it. Okay. You think that you're doing a great job because you've just poured like a cup of water in there, but if you actually pull that plant out of the pot, look at the root ball, you've, you've barely, you know, penetrated the top inch of the root ball, and the whole bottom is still dry. Okay. So, you're right. It's, it is a slow process if if it's truly dried out. But but do remember, you get what you pay for with potting soil, so don't be afraid to spend the extra money and get quality potting soils when you're out there buying it. Can you recommend a certain uh, brand that might be a better um, quality? 
I'm a, I've, I've always been a big fan of the ProMix products, which is premier pot, you know, potting soils. But miracle Grow makes great soil. There's, you know, there's a bunch of them out there. They're, you know, just get, read the bags, um, look at what sort of the options are. Uh, there's a usually good information on the bags that nowadays telling you what these soils are best used for and how to maintain your plants properly using them. Oh, great. Thanks a okay. lot, Charlie. Thanks okay. for calling. Enjoy the Thanks, beautiful Sophie. sunshine. Yeah. Enjoy Gorgeous the weekend. Day. Thanks. Thank you for being and with us. It's a sunglasses oh, kind of day. Yes, you are right. It really, and then you know what? Looking <clears throat> out the window, oh, if you didn't look at beautiful. that sort of dirty snow in front of the window, that's right. It, it could be like June. Oh yeah, it's so yeah. blue out there. It's Absolutely really pretty. lovely. Now you know how much I love alliteration. I do so, know that. Well, yes. Right after, <laughs> right after the commercial break, we have to take. Uh, we're going to bolt to Bellwood to say hi to Beverly. Oh, Bellwood, that's a cool place. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out more about that All and right. uh, what what's on Beverly's mind in just a moment here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we're almost ready here to make the big bolt to Bellwood. Say hello, Beverly. <laughs> hey, Beverly, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Great. Morning. It's a beautiful day up here in Bellwood. Um, I have an amaryllis, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was growing fine. It, it got uh, one bud uh, on the stem going up, and uh, I was watering it. Um, when I felt that I know they don't need a lot of mm-hmm. water, but I was watering it when uh, when I felt it needed it, mm-hmm. and then um, the the leaves started dying. The bud died, oh. and gradually all the leaves died except one. And there's one very healthy <laughs> leaf on it now. And I wondered um, what I should do if the bulb will still be okay for next year or. So, so the flower never opened. You it s- never opened. Okay. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Odd. Did, is it getting sunshine? Is it in a window? Yes, it was in a window. Okay. So, it was getting lots of light. Yeah. So light is important, obviously, because that's what how photosynthesis will happen, and that's how the bulb produces all those leaves for the purposes of photosynthesizing and then fattening up the bulb mm-hmm. again for next year. And so, it did have, I think it had four leaves on it. Yeah, but I'm surprised that the flower kind of just ke- just turned yellow and f- keeled over, did it? Yes, and it was it was only about halfway mm-hmm. halfway grown, as, yeah. like the leaves were bigger than the flower. Right. Or the height. Mm, yeah, Um could be too much water. You know, I mean, is it in a pot with drainage? Yes. Okay, good. So, you know, there's no way it was sitting in water. And no. The, and then, yeah, the trick is we do tend to have amaryllis in a pot that's just slightly bigger than the bulb. So they mm-hmm. would they look very pot-bound. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. So there's yeah. actually not that much soil around the bulb. Mm-hmm. For now, what I would do is keep it in that sunny spot. Only water when it's truly dry, and you will never kill this plant with too little water. So remember, it it would it will go dormant if you don't water it. Okay. So for now, just water thoroughly when you water, but you know, make it a good two weeks, three weeks, whatever between waterings. Okay. 
more leaves are likely to grow. Let it be a green plant all spring. Take it outside if you can in the summer. Let it be a green plant all summer outside okay. in its pot. And then at the end of the summer, bring it inside, stick it in some dark corner, and forget about it. Don't okay. water it at all. The leaves will all turn yellow at that point. The whole plant will go dormant and let it be dormant for at least 8 to 10 weeks before you then, if you wish to try and get it to bloom at that point, you'll bring it out of dormancy with light and with one watering. Okay. 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 So good luck with that. It, it's likely it'll be fine. The other thing is smell it. If it smells swampy, then it's rotten and then it's compost. But okay. if it smells fine, just keep growing it as a green plant for now. Okay. And uh, I should just leave it in the same... Yeah. Pot and, uh, yeah, we oh, rarely transplant okay. amaryllis. Okay. Let them stay pot bound. <laughs> possibly I, I watered it too much, but it was growing so well. Yeah. I, yeah. I know it's tough. It's hard. Love those moisture meters. I think everybody yeah. should have one of those in their back pocket because it's sometimes so hard to tell when to water. You, you know, yeah, yeah. you can't stick your finger into an amaryllis pot. There's no room. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, Beverly. Uh, that makes our next uh, trip to Seaforth, Ontario. Oh, There's Marilyn. Hey, good morning, Marilyn. Hi, how are you? Great. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Good. We got lots of sunshine here, and mm-hmm. we're not very much snow. Nice. I have a Boston fern that has brown leaves coming on it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, they've been on there, here and there, all through yeah. the winter. Yeah. But what causes that? And am I watering it too much, not enough, or...? The brown leaves on a Boston fern at this time of year is usually due to lack of humidity. Okay. Right? We've got our furnaces and our fireplaces going. So we've got all this dry heat in our homes. And Boston ferns actually would like a rainforest, if you could provide that. Well, that's, <laughs> so. that's what I was thinking, because that's how you see them out in the wild. Right. Exactly. Then Boston fern are different. Exactly. Well, it's very always. It's a good idea. Like, just think, where would this plant live naturally if it wasn't here in my house? What What would be its happy place? And of exactly. course, it's a place where the humidity is running eighty, eighty five percent, and it's nice temperate climate, and it's just things are dripping and wet, and everything's green and lush. So what about spraying it once in a while, that would be okay. That would definitely be okay, and if you can remember to spray it preferably more than once in a while, you'll see a big difference. For now, though, comb with your fingers, comb the fronds of the fern and and get that brown stuff off. Give it a shake, do whatever you can, clean it up a bit. Uh, The plant will be happier for that, believe it or not. They they do appreciate a little cleaning up like that. Put it in the bathtub, give it a bath, wash it off, give it lots of kind of a a wet spot for, you know, not soaking, sitting in water, but certainly getting it super wet, letting it drain out. And, and back into its favorite place. You'll find new growth is ready to start now. It'll green right back up again, but keep the humidity as high as you can. Okay. okay. I was wondering if um, it would be pot-bound. It might be, but again, the roots are super small, the natural roots. You uh-huh. will see these odd... They're actually roots that shoot off of a Boston fern, and they they shoot off above ground. There's no little leaves on them, and people Uh think, "What is that?" Well, that's actually an aerial root. Sort of. I wondered about that. Yeah, they're a little bit furry. They've got little hairs on them. Yeah. Do not cut those off because those are roots as well. So don't worry about the pot bound aspect for for a couple of years anyway. I'd leave a Boston fern in whatever pot it's in for the first five years untouched. Then consider uh, pot. Up. 
Oh, thank you. Okay. That is so good to know. Oh, you're very okay. welcome. <laughs> Another, happy, Another uh, happy customer there. We want to Super. report back from you in yes. six months from now, please. Okay, Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks for calling. Uh, we have to take a break, Charlie. But okay. uh, on the way to first-time callers waiting Ooh, on the line. You're going to get your arm a real I workout today. going to be wrung out uh, <laughs> right after these words. Okay. <laughs> change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio Alrighty, charlie here comes the bell oh nice whoa that's for Welcome. irene right here in toronto hi irene good morning good morning. morning yeah there you are welcome to the show well thank you um i have geraniums that i brought in last in the fall yes and I want to restart them again, and I was wondering, what is the procedure? Are they still in their pots? No, I, they're in a, a, a bag in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like a paper bag? Yes, right. In the dark. So have you checked on them lately? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, that's your first first job, is you gotta, you got to go and open those paper bags and look inside. Right. Um, assuming that... <clears throat> What's in there should be pale green, uh, a little bit on the shriveled side, but right. should still have some life. Mm-hmm. The, and what you're going to do is imagine you, when you brought them in, the roots were still attached, I assume. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do now is you're not going to reap, like, you, you're not going to just pot up what you've got. Instead, you're going to cut the stems into stem cuttings. Right. And you are going to proceed to grow some roots on the stem cuttings that you can either uh, suspend those little stems into glasses of water, or you can use moist sand or perlite or something like that to get roots growing from those stem cuttings. And of course, you're going to put those cuttings into a bright, sunny location or under artificial lights so that photosynthesis will start, everything will start to turn green, and the growth, of course, will be roots at the bottom and leaves at the top. So I can do that right now? Yep, I would probably get going on that right around now. Okay. Okay? That well, sounds super. Let, let us know how you make out with that. Yeah, this, well, it's interesting. This is the time. I remember way back when I used to work for Canada Blooms, going out to some of the growers. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the growers keep the mother geraniums from yep. uh, over the winter as well. So they just start cutting them back, cutting them back through January and February so that they have geraniums to sell right. to the greenhouse. You know, to the grocery stores and everybody who wants to buy them. So they they have these mother plants. They just keep getting bigger and bigger, take all these cuttings, bigger and bigger cuttings, and it's it's amazing. They're huge plants that buy uh, March, and then they sell off the mothers yeah. for, you know, 20 bucks each or whatever. Well, there you go. But lots and lots of stem cuttings come off right through January, February, and March. Okay, thank you, Irene. Uh, and we have oh, another, another oh, first-time You're working up wow. a sweat here. Here, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, right. welcome that, to the that show. That is for Carla in Orangeville. Good morning, Carla. Good morning, Frank. How are morning. you? Morning. Good. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I have a question about um, a Cyzopotis, a Japanese umbrella pine, and how to burlap it. Uh, I run a garden business, and I know um, I was told burlapping should be done um, um, from top to bottom, but... Uh, in a way that the air can flow through around the tree. Mm-hmm. And um, this client of mine, she bought two um, cytopathies. Mm-hmm. And I went online to find more about burlapping, and I saw that they were the people that showed uh, 
on on um, in the program that showed that you had to wrap it up close and mm. tie to the top and tie to the bottom. Yeah, it's interesting. So what's the wisdom about well, well, okay, that's a re- actually a really interesting question. I, I, and it doesn't even matter specifically what plant we're talking about. The point is, when a plant needs to be burlapped, what's the best way to do it? So why yeah. would we burlap a plant? One, we would do it to protect it from salt, if we're near a highway or high-speed road where salt might damage our plants. Number yeah. two, if the it's a very windy spot or a very cold spot, and it's an evergreen that might uh, desiccate or become completely dehydrated by a cold uh, winter wind, that northwest yeah. wind. So those yeah, are two... Pretty, uh, sorry for that. They're pretty protected, uh, but they're not our zone. They're zone 5 to 8. Yeah, no, I know. So you're, And then the third reason would be to say, okay, this is not a super hardy plant, so by burlapping, we're going to just try and provide a little bit of extra protection from the extremes that we sometimes get in our winters. Okay. So... You, and, and I agree with you. I have seen many kinds of wrapped plants, many of which look incredibly silly. They're like little yeah. monsters in people's yards, right? Gnarly yeah. little gnomey looking things. Yeah. You see them along the highway wrapped very tight by the Department of Highways or the Ministry of Transport yeah. people. So super tight. Um, and, and all my training is you never wrap a plant tight. If you okay, wrap it tight, you can, have, you can trap cold air at night. It can get super cold in the middle of that plant, and then it gets trapped during the day. So outside yeah. is warm, inside is cold. So we start the death on the inside of the plant. As you know, mm-hmm. so there's all these arguments for why you shouldn't do that, and yet I do see it done. My favorite way to wrap any plant is with stakes driven into yeah. the ground, four stakes around the plant yeah. at the perimeter of its drip line, then burlap around the stakes. Throw dry leaves in there in the fall. You know, maple leaves, whatever kind of leaves are kicking around, just providing some insulation so it's trapping air around the plant. Yeah. It's the so air are, that will help. Sure. There yeah. are different kinds of burlap, too. True. There's the, the regular, well, it's called kind of ute, and there's the, now they have a thicker variety. Yeah. I would go with I, the cheapest stuff out there, personally. <laughs> but you're right. They're, okay, my clients will probably like that. <laughs> there you well, go. you know, and if, we, it, if we're in the Toronto area and you're in Orangeville, yeah, so, and it's a protected spot, I'd go with the cheapest stuff. If no, we're up in North very, Bay, we need the, the felt, we need the, the thicker stuff. You know, this is, in, uh, this is north of Orangeville. You yeah. know where Mansfield yeah. is, where the ski hills are? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a little bit north of there. So. Well, but again, Zone 5 still, right? So, no, good stuff. Thanks for that call. Thanks, That's thanks, great. Carla. That's a very good question, actually, mm-hmm. that, that burlap question. It's a on, ongoing. And look at that clock. We've got about 20 seconds we left. We ran at a racetrack. everybody. Oh, my goodness. What, wow. a, what a great show. What a fast That's, show. You got it. <laughs> okay. You got it, my friend. Yeah. And breakfast is on me. I, I know. know. You were talking pheasant uh, under glass. Pheasant under I'm glass. telling yes, you. Indeed. Isn't steak and eggs good <laughs> enough? <laughs> thanks, Sebastian. Thanks to our great callers. And thank you, Frank. You can have steak and eggs if you want. (laughs) See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.